Hello, and welcome to 7-Minute Opinions, your audio guide to thought-provoking arguments from a variety of the week's writers and thinkers. I'm Alexis Bonsi, and today I wanted to share my evolving, often tumultuous relationship with maternity wear. The maternity wardrobe has to be one of the less discussed aspects of pregnancy. My personal struggle with it began with the deliberate undoing of the top button on my jeans, a secret rebellion known only to me as I sat at my computer at work. This was back in the early spring, when I was just two months along, more bloated than anything else. My plan had been to delay maternity shopping for as long as possible. The whole exercise struck me as impractical. What was the point in spending hundreds or thousands of dollars on clothing that I'd wear for five months or less? This attitude apparently puts me at one end of a retail spectrum that doesn't have much middle ground. At the other extreme are the high-end shoppers who frequent Rosie Pope and other upscale boutiques and online stores. In New York City, it seems these women are everywhere. I'd see them and admittedly feel a dash of envy. They did look stylish in their body-conscious dresses, projecting an ad-worthy vision of impending motherhood. But I remained unswayed. Let them celebrate their bumps. Cheap comfort was my mantra. For the rest of the spring and my first trimester, I persisted in my make-do phase of maternity wear. I'm lucky to work at an office where jeans are acceptable on days other than Friday. I untucked and unbuttoned, avoided back-zip dresses, and discovered the utility of pop-over tops from J. Crew and oversized cotton shirts from Splendid. It was of course okay to buy clothing if I could wear it again after the pregnancy. By month four, I entered phase two, desperation. For all my, I don't need this attitude, my growing belly insisted otherwise. An online search one Saturday morning turned into a crash course in all things maternity wear. Did you know that nearly 4 million babies are born in the U.S. each year, and that their soon-to-be moms fuel a market valued at $2.4 billion? Out of curiosity, I visited the Rosie Pope site, but $168 for jeans with hidden stretch pockets was not going to happen. The prices at ShopBop, an Amazon-owned online retailer, soared higher still. Even something seemingly basic, like a yoga tank, went for 95 bucks. I needed help, and maybe a familiar friend. So I turned to the websites of stores I knew, like H&M, Gap, Old Navy, and Loft. Here, finally, were affordable tops and shorts. Pants, too, although their design was mystifying. Some had what amounted to a thick, elasticized waistband, which made sense to me, but others sported what looked like a long, spandex windsock rising from just below where a waistband would normally be. Several weeks later, and a few bump sizes larger, I investigated the confounding windsock pants in person and discovered their secret glory. They were the opposite of confining. They gently cradled my belly, and rising as they did to my rib cage, there was no danger I'd be dropping trow. Unlike the thick waistbanded pants I'd already bought, which required constant hitching up, dug into my lower abdomen, and, I was convinced, created cramped in utero conditions, these made me feel so unrestricted, so free. I vowed never to wear pants with a waistline again. And so summer and my second trimester progressed. I packed away clothing that I finally accepted wouldn't be worn for a year. I did the math, calculating how much I had to wear certain items to make them worth their price. I settled into an incredibly efficient six-day rotation of blousey shirts and relaxed linen pants. But it was a flawed system. It turns out that wearing pajama-equivalent clothing all the time has its effects on the psyche. Even as my physical presence grew, I started to feel like a faded version of myself. The lone bright spot was a loose navy and white striped dress that had the perfect amount of swing, satisfying the six-year-old who still hides inside me. In my pre-pregnant life, a favorite dress like that would be something I saved for vaguely defined special occasions, 
and eventually regretted not wearing more often. Not so now. I needed those shots of sartorial pep. Late August ushered in the third and final phase of my shopping. With the baby due in early November, I was determined to buy even less than I had in phase two. After all, September was really just an extension of summer, and if I could bridge October, I'd be home free. I took another trip to Macy's, picked up jeans and some long cardigans and leggings, but I also had a wedding to attend, which meant buying a more formal dress. A leading contender was a navy blue number with silver polka dots and an empire waist, a classic maternity style that flowed over my bump like a gossamer tablecloth. It was sweet and had that coveted swing factor. It would even give me an excuse to wear my sparkly silver wedding shoes. But I hesitated. Another dress was calling to me. At $190, it was one of the decidedly uneconomical kind those ad-worthy women wore. It was a bright floral print, full of rosy hues in indigo, lavender, and mauve. And it was made with enough spandex, lycra, and nylon to slingshot me to the moon. Wiggling into it, I wondered if I'd be able to reverse the process. I tugged and I twisted, took a step forward and then back, and I looked in the mirror. For the first time in months, I had a shape, one that was not me and me all at once. A different me, who I realized wouldn't be around for too much longer, and who maybe I hadn't spent enough time getting to know. She was beautiful. I made my choice. I wore those impractical flowers just twice. They were worth every penny. That does it for this week's episode of 7 Minute Opinions. Look out for new episodes every Tuesday on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. For more of the week's podcasts, including 7 Minute Explainers and This Week I Learned, head on over to theweek.com podcasts. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, tell your friends, or give us a rating or a review on iTunes. I'm Alexis Bonsi, and thanks for listening.